Thanks for joining us today. This is Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley, here in person with... I'm Ty Turley. Yeah, it's exciting to get to record together, not over the phone. <laughs> we we are touching each other right now. That is not true. <laughs> okay. And a little creepy. <laughs> What's the uh, point of being together, Reed, if we're not touching? That's uh, so weird. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. And before we get into the movie, we wanted to do a sort of genre pick. And because Ron Howard stepped in and directed this movie, this week we're going to be sharing our favorite Ron Howard movies. Ty, I'll let you go first. My favorite Ron Howard movie is Apollo 13. I loved that movie when, I, when it came out. Um, I think it was mid-90s, early 90s, when I was a teenager, a young teenager. And, yeah, I just thought it was amazing. And listened to the soundtrack over and over again so many times. And uh, it's such a great story, too. I mean, obviously, it's uh, true drama. Nice. Uh, it was fun to look back at his filmography and see all the different things he'd done, sort of the wide range of movies he'd worked on, but... The one that stuck out to me is one that I've revisited a couple of times and have fond memories of is Willow from his from his early days. What's your fond memory of Willow, Reed? I just think it's a fun movie. I like sort of that medieval... But people turn into pigs, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is that such a bad thing? Yeah, it's just... Ooh. It's like... Uh, what's that movie? There's that movie where people have spliced DNA with animals that just came out. I don't know, I haven't seen that. It was a small movie. It just came out this year. Dang it. I can't remember the name, but it's oh, also Annihilation? Creepy. Uh no. <laughs> do they splice with animals? Well Oh that, it does do yeah, yeah. That's that bear has the voice of that girl. That's true. It's along those lines. Those things creep me out. But anyway, <laughs> I, I honestly still have nightmares where Willow characters appear. Well Val Kilmer is pretty scary. <laughs> that's true. Apropos because the guy from Willow is in Solo, a Star Wars story. The the Willow. small person. Yeah. Yes. Warwick Davis. I don't know his name, but... We're going to go with that. He did appear, and I was like, yeah, I know that guy. Well, he was also uh, Ewok from the original Star Wars trilogy. Full circle. Yeah. Bring it around. Ron Howard's just... Well, I wonder if Ron Howard influenced his casting. He jumped in pretty late, so I bet they already had people. But maybe he had a small part. They just added him in. Yeah, I know uh, he got he got Paul Bettany in. Did you know that? No, who was going to be the bad guy? They shot the whole those scenes with a different actor, uh, uh, Michael K. Williams, I think is his name. But they shot him anyway. So then he was unavailable for the reshoots. So Ron Howard cast Paul Bettany, uh, and wow, that guy lost his part in the solo movie. And so yeah, that that gives an indication a little bit of how many reshoots they did or how much they reshot. But I don't really know. That's the only character that was replaced. But I think they did a lot of reshoots. Yeah, I mean, I think the story coming out of this movie, or as it was before it was coming out, is just the troubled production cycle where people weren't really confident in the solo character or being able to embody that very iconic role. Um, the directors were uh, replaced by Ron Howard. Uh, they still got producer credits. I saw that in the end credits. They were, yeah, still credited as producers. Uh, do you think having to do all those kind of reshoots and sort of the, I don't know, the story around the movie affected 
people's you know interest or excitement to go see it when it came out? I think it must. It must dampen it a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of... I don't know. Most people are going to be either in for a Star Wars movie or not. But also this movie feels... I, just the buzz was different for you know from among my friends and people saying they're gonna go see it. Uh, it just felt a little dampened, so maybe that's why. Or, or maybe Han Solo is just kind of if it, it feels like such a small story that people aren't super excited about it. Maybe. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's a character in the main story, but I don't know. His, I don't know if his origin was the real thing people have been really wanting from these Star Wars movies, expanded movies. Like everyone, uh, everyone loves Chewbacca, for example. But it's not like you want to exactly know. They've still weird. got a hundred and ninety years of Chewbacca to go back. Oh gosh, it's uh, a lot of subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about. I guess this movie specifically. How did you feel about the kind of structure and pacing, moving from sort of different set piece to set piece, the character development? What did you think about Solo? I mean, I thought it it was fine and it made sense. It felt very um, linear, I think, which makes makes it for me a little bit different than most Star Wars movies. And I liked I liked that it felt, but it also makes it feel kind of sort of smaller and calmer. And I can see why people might think it's like a little bit less exciting, um, where it's just like solve the immediate thing in front of you. Okay, then this, then this, and this, and it's not part of like a bigger nefarious plan or plot or thing that there's not a bigger force in the universe that they're fighting against you know it's very localized which does yeah it makes it more that's all those things were part of the magic of star wars usually one thing i I guess i liked coming out of this movie was feeling like it took place in the star wars universe but didn't involve the force and you know the empire was there but you weren't dealing with the emperor or Darth Vader. I mean, you were just sort of seeing how it affected minor people or the people not in power. I guess I liked that aspect of it being uh, in this movie. It just makes me think they could tell other kinds of stories with the Star Wars universe, but not about the Skywalker family or Jedis. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's a million opportunities. I don't know. I think... I don't know, because I'm interested in those kind of movies, too, or that kind of storytelling, but also then it's not taking advantage of the thing that is uniquely Star Wars. But That's fair, yeah. But I don't know. I'm not against it, either. It's just interesting to consider it. Uh, I thought the acting was not great, or at least I don't quite understand it yet. As I've thought about it, like, the main... Well, the guy who played Han, Alden. I liked him, but it just seems like such a huge jump to get from his personality to Harrison Ford's personality. Harrison Ford was more sarcastic and funnier, much funnier, like quips, you know, little asides. Or, and I feel like Alden's version was just very earnest and very excited and very confident. He was always very confident, but it's just no, no irony or no, I don't know. I was, yeah, I was. I mean, I know that's the thing people have been talking about: how he's not been as good, or he won't be as good as Harrison Ford. But I thought, I mean, really, he—I thought the affect he had was pretty similar. And I guess it didn't. It wasn't a distraction to me to think this isn't who I think Han Solo is. So I mean, I guess maybe it's just that I had really low expectations because of what I'd heard about this movie. But I thought 
he did pretty good in in the role and in the the acting. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was bad. I just would say it was different. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't see the connection, but I liked his. He's kind of quietly. I, I thought he. I liked how he was confident, but kind of like never too showy about it. He just was. He just was kind of like, look, let's do the next thing we need to do. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. And I like that attitude a lot. Yeah. Uh, what about the other characters? How do you feel like? Uh, Kira did, or the Woody Harrelson character. I mean, I I liked Woody Harrelson's character a lot. I love him. He's a great actor. I think. Um, sad, sad, sad ending for him. Tough, tough beat. Yeah. Um, I thought the woman was charming, but always enigmatic, and I didn't quite understand why she would have made the choices she did. Maybe I didn't need to. I would I would put that down slightly to I, I, there's some element of bad acting there I think I don't I don't know I don't want to be too critical but it just it just wasn't clear what she was doing and why I guess I felt frustrated that they didn't explain what happened to her in the three years that they weren't together I mean she they alluded to her doing terrible things and I'm like if she was sold into slavery to this group like obviously things were pretty hard for her but yeah. I just wish there was a little bit I don't know I think she, it was odd that she would be so accepting to see Han again and not a little upset with him or been like, you don't know what happened to me when you left me, like... Yeah, she was very cold or detached. Just kind of... She was too calm all the time. So then it's like, wait, what are you... What is this? Why, why are you feeling these ways? Or Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah, what happened to you? I thought Paul Bettany was good. I thought he's great. I think he's great. Dan, I, it felt weird to have him be sort of so hot and cold, right? He'd be so sort of intimidating and then be like, yeah, it was fun. We should do this again sometime. I think I think that's a sign of an abusive megalomaniac kind of personality. I think, uh, that's, I think that's true. So you think he like it really was sort of effective in how he, he played that? Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying a little bit, right? When he's nice to you, you're like, oh my gosh, what's he going to do? Well, yeah, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. With I, what, he's, what he's really thinking. I thought that was very true. Very, for me, that was effective. Danny Newton didn't give her much time, but she's great. Yeah, I think she's she was good in that. And um, it was interesting to see in the credits that Phoebe Waller-Bridge played the robot voice. Yeah. She probably did the motion capture too. I would guess. Oh, I don't. I didn't see that. Or I don't know that, but I think that's how they film most things now. That's pretty cool. I couldn't place her voice the first time when I saw it, so. It was yeah, it was interesting to think about the kind of the lines she that character had, and I thought she did a good job. I sort of hated that that subplot of her wanting uh, equal rights wanting, and wanting. I mean, it just felt so mapped onto contemporary stuff, huh. like too much. It's too on the nose. What do you think about Lando and um, sort of how he was played? Uh, I thought it was. Really, I thought it was really bad acting. Really, I thought it was inconsistent and sort of also not clear always what he what his perspective was. Because he'd be kind of suave, but then was a bad negotiator. Yeah, and and also not funny. He wasn't funny ever, which I was yeah. surprised. I thought Donald Glover would would pull out some kind of insist on being a little bit, but like so swash like swashbuckling in the wrong moment to make it funny, you know? I mean, that's what I kind of expected. Yeah. 
And I did not think that was there at all. So, yeah, and he was kind of charming, but not... I wouldn't say he was debonair and, like, really charming, you know? Well, like, not so smooth. He had to, like, cheat at cards. Like, I was like, that seems like a weird choice for Lando to be, like, not good at the cards. I thought it was weird that he had to cheat. Yeah. But I think it's sort of a good subversion of the kind of Star Wars story to have that first card scene not have Han win the Millennium Falcon when you know from the first movies that he did win in a card game. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I just totally expected that that was all we were going to see of Lando. He was going to get the the ship and be done. But then to lose and then kind of cl- the last, you know, close out the scene, the movie with him winning the ship. That was, <laughs> that was a good sort of subversion of that. That's true. That was a good surprise. Uh, I was, I thought it was weird that Han and Chewbacca bonded so fast. Or just went from Chewbacca intending to eat him to being trusted friends really, really fast. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I mean, I think that maybe is sort of indication of what I saw throughout the movie, which is so fast, right? I just feel like there was always big things happening or stuff going on and not a lot of character development conversations. I think they really just opted for more showy things, which I really enjoyed, like the train heist and the mine breakout, the, the flying through the, the maelstrom. Like I think all those things were really cool, but packing that much stuff in the movie doesn't give you as much time for sort of the character development or character connections that you can... Ca- I don't know, feel real about. Yeah, exactly. And it, then it makes it it makes it so that you're just watching them check the boxes of making a movie in the Star Wars universe instead of just kind of being calm about it and saying, "Look, we're going to we're going to give these characters really a, a dilemma. We're going to put them in a situation where they have to work together and then you're going to learn something about the people more than something about the universe or, or the rules of the universe." Yeah. So do you think Besides the reshoots, could you, I don't know, see Ron Howard's fingerprints or style in the movie? Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I don't know if he did this or not, so it's hard to say. But I thought the opening shot where they're in the car that looks like a 1950s convertible, that to me really seemed like American Graffiti. It seemed like Ron Howard's kind of wholesome Americana brand. I don't know. I, I thought that was, I liked that visual similarity to okay. uh, kind of a throwback or nostalgic imagery. I thought it was designed that way. But I have no idea if Ron Howard did that. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's Lord and Miller. should get that credit. Yeah. It's just a fun idea to make a, make a space car that looks like a 50s convertible. Um, it felt like a very kind of safe drama. It has the nice twist at the end where Han predicts or guesses what's going to happen, and that's cool. I like that. Yeah, he learns from the different experiences that people will betray him. Except he can't ever see it with Kira, right? Oh. He's like he's like really clear about Woody Harrelson's character. Well, he doesn't ever, I mean, he doesn't know what she's done. Woody Harrelson knows, and Woody Harrelson says you shouldn't trust her based on what, he, what I know about what she's done. So she must have done awful things, but he just doesn't know that. And he's obviously blinded by love, too. Yeah. But as soon as she's like, I'm not coming with you, right, like immediately, right, like, how long would it have taken both of them to grab diamonds and then go get Chewie? 
Yeah, yeah it was clear yeah, she was yeah. not going to. Yeah, he seems naive. That way. And that maybe is kind of part of his long-term character development to where he's a little bit more cynical in the movies that you see him in later. Yeah. You get burned like that, your heart doesn't, it's not as open next time. Yeah. So with the ending, I feel like there were a couple of options for sequels or to continue this story. For sure. Um, so the thing that I looked up when I was leaving is like kind of what's the next story that's going to be. And so people think, you know, it could continue just sort of this Han and Kira story. Or with Darth Maul, people thought uh, maybe Ewan McGregor could come back as Obi-Wan Kenobi and show him, like, facing down with Darth Maul again in this sort of interim time between the last of the second trilogy and A New Hope. Okay. Man, I don't follow those Star Wars timelines so well, so... And I still haven't seen those, the first three chronological ones. Oh. Well, Ewan McGregor's in them. Yes, I know that, but... And I know that's Darth Maul, but I don't know what Darth Maul did. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I I laughed out loud. <laughs> Woody Harrelson's character just walks away in the in that desert port at the end when he's like, I'm out. And going nowhere. Where is he going to walk? Oh my gosh. That still makes me laugh thinking about it. So ridiculous. Yeah. There were, I feel like there's another one of those that happened. Did you Google something else in that? Um, I, I, no. Okay, I want to share one more. Okay. I'm almost certain in the scene where at the very beginning, after Kira gets taken and Han Solo's signing up to join the military, there's a shot of a recruiting poster and it really looks like Kylo Ren's picture is on it. And I've done some Googling and I can't find any confirmation on Reddit or anything but I just want this to be out there that I think the person on that poster looks like Kylo Ren, who should not be alive at this point and is a child of Han Solo. What? Did you, you've seen it twice, so did you notice it both times? The first time I thought this looks a little weird, and the second time I specifically looked for it and I'm convinced it looks like Kylo Ren. It looks like Adam Driver. Okay, that would, that would be very weird. Yeah. Wouldn't make sense. Cool. So if you're listening... Check it out. Yeah, go look for that. Uh, are there any other likes or dislikes you want to make sure we talk about for this movie? No, that's probably it for me. I thought it, I, I realized in it, I had the realization that uh, Star Wars movies never have pop music in them. I think that's interesting, right? Yeah, I think they're always scored in orchestra music and maybe some sort of operatic singing. Really? I think during the bike, the train heist. When the bikers showed up, there were some women like opera singing, or like chanting. I don't know how to, what to describe it as, but okay. But it's not. But they never like in a Marvel movie, you'd have a pop song, pop song, or new songs written for the movie in the credits. Yeah. And uh, Star Wars, I guess one of the rules of the movies is you never have pop music, which I think is interesting. I just I'd never thought about it before. Did you think the music in this movie was, was good? Because I, I guess I think it must not have been John Williams, or it just wasn't as cinematic as other Star Wars movies. It wasn't John Williams. It was, uh, he. they used his themes, obviously, but someone else scored it. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't notice it being no. bad. And I, and I like the, I mean, did you notice, uh, I think it was in that same scene where you think you saw Kylo Ren's, they had the hologram of like recruiting people to be stormtroopers above the doorway. Do you yeah. remember that? And it was playing the John Williams theme, but it was kind of like 
it was like a military parade version of it. Oh, interesting. So it's like it's like in their world they use that music. Yeah, and which is the first time I, I would I'd ever seen that too. That's a fun way to use it. Yeah, and it was, but it was I liked it. It was like punched up version of it. It sounded like it was played by a marching band almost. Hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Nice. Uh, one thing that I do want to kind of share to wrap up my thoughts is something I notice a lot in movies and really do not like is when a character start a conversation and then the scene changes and then you it shows the character speaking the last words of that conversation like it happened twice in this movie where she's talking about where they can find a ship and then it transitions to that cantina and she's talking over the you know entrance view and then they're walking in and she's continuing the exact same thought still talking about Lando to Han and it's just like this conversation hasn't been going on for 40 hours to get to this planet. Yeah. Like it's, it's fine. it always feels like such lazy editing to me or like, I don't know. It's, it's not editing. Cause it's, it has to be written that way. You couldn't edit it that way. Okay. Cause but, she's saying those words in the new scene, right? Right. It's and not, she, it's not like just the voiceover bleeds. No, she starts in the, yeah. So that's, that's the writing. That's really frustrating. I notice it every time it happens and it happens in a lot of movies. It's like, weird that people would do that that way yeah it's just a way to transition the scene yeah, make the transition easier faster like yeah. smoother in the mind of the audience okay it bothers me that's funny it doesn't bother me but i appreciate your concern yeah all right let's wrap up with rankings for solo a star wars story uh, for me i'm gonna give this movie a four out of five i thought it was really fun <laughs> i know i may have a negative in this podcast but uh, I did like the movie, and I enjoyed my time, and I saw it a second time and thought it was just as good and would recommend people seeing it. Yeah, I think, man, you have a lot of fours, Reed. It's fine. It's fine. You keep us low, I'll keep us high. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked, even though I didn't think he was like Harrison Ford, I liked the this version of Solo, his charming confidence and... Uh, I liked the linear nature of the story that didn't necessarily, yeah, get pull on all kinds of crazy history of Star Wars to make it understandable, and I liked Woody Harrelson. So I guess I'm going to give it a four, too. Oh, matching. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What is another pop culture recommendation, something you've been watching, reading, listening to? I went and saw a movie that I would highly recommend called uh the guardians about a family of the women in a family in france that were left behind by the men in the family during world war one and how they have to struggle to keep their farm afloat and what happens to the their the sons and the husbands of the daughters um who are fighting in the trenches and the effect that that fighting has on the family life at home like the effect that of the damage psychologically to those men, what that effect of that damage has on the women at home. And uh, I thought it was such a good film. Um, but it's, yeah, I don't know, it's not playing in very many theaters, but if you look for it online, maybe in a few months it'll be on, on different platforms. It's very French, so it's very sad. And, and a little bit of a spoiler here, things don't go well. Okay. Uh, for me, I've been reading The Force, uh, kind of pretty recent book uh, about the police in New York 
written by Don Winslow. It's kind of gritty, uh, trying to sort of show the real story, but I've, I've been enjoying it. Thanks for joining us this week for Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be charmingly optimistic today. And I'll be more negative in the future. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect.